Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris. That is Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the that. Texans. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Johnny. Man, what a beautiful day oh, in the wow. city of Houston. So nice. So nice. All right, we got plenty for you tonight. Drew Doherty is going to st- come by, and we're going to play three agency later three, on. Three agency. Three agency. How does which this work? Is you get three picks mm-hmm. for free agency. You got the money to do it. Right. You get three selections. So we put three and three together and got three Oh, so you agency. guys kind of drafted like you couldn't have the same people? No, no, no. We didn't draft them. We actually said this is your strategy. But I let Drew go first, and then I said, okay, I'm not going to pick any of the guys that you pick. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to pick my three. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm eager so to hear this. While, while we're here, you've obviously got you $65 million in cap room. We're going to extend Jadeveon Clowney. We're going to bring back a couple other players. Obviously, got to sign Shane Leckler mm-hmm. for sure. And you might do a couple other deals. But for right. the most part, you got about $65 million in cap space. Of course I do. And I have $65 million lying around. Of course. Of your money, too. Yes. So it's your money. And yes. you've got three free agents to go get. Mm-hmm. Who are the guys that stand out to you? Nate Solder. Okay. I'll go get him. Mm-hmm. I read a report. Twelve million a year, something like that. It's going to cost to get him. Yeah, that's doable. That's eh, do that. no problem. I can do that. Twelve mil, three years. Yeah, but do I want Malcolm Butler or Tremaine Johnson? Who do I want there? I got to know everything that happened with Butler prior to the Super Bowl. Yeah, his relationship with the Patriots. And if I'm Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain, I've got a feeling I've got the phone numbers to call to get me that information. <laughs> so I can acquire that information. And I'll go ahead and sign Butler. Okay. I'll, I'll Solder, go Butler. Butler. Yeah, and... Uh, you got money for a third one. Yeah, but how much money do I... Do I have enough money for Andrew Norwell? Yeah, I think you do. I, I think do. you do. All right. I like your thinking. Well, why don't I just go ahead and I do like that? Because like we said yesterday, Johnny, I really feel like you've got to go ahead and address everything you need to address in free agency and then draft, as we discussed, mm-hmm. uh, not insurance, but developmental type players who could possibly help you out this year, but right. you just got to go ahead and cover all your bases through both the draft and free agency in duplicate form because you cannot afford any slip-ups here. Yeah. You got Agreed. a window here with Watt and Merciless and Clowney. I mean, you want to take advantage of this as quickly as possible, and I believe that's how you do it. I I agree with you. I like, I like your thinking. Mm-hmm. I like your thinking. Of okay. course, it's nice to have money. Yeah. As opposed to the last few years. Remember at this time last year we were talking about whether Tony Romo could become a Texan? Yeah, I know. That was the big talk. How in a year's time has that changed? It just goes to <laughs> show crazy. you. How about uh, two years ago you didn't know you would have Brock Osweiler and you were happy about it when you got him, but later not as happy. Yeah, not as not happy. Not quite as happy. Oh, not as happy. We don't happy. need to bring that up. But I'm happy to do mm-hmm. this. I wanted to start a new segment with you. It's called At First Glance. Okay. Sort of a way that we can hit some of the NFL news, but get your thoughts the right, first go. time you saw it. Because today has been a mildly explosive day in the NFL. Right. So, get a little bit of this from our friends at Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio. All right, here we go. Yep. Jerry Jones reimbursed NFL for over $2 million in legal fees. Eh, nothing really there. No, I think that's fine. I think that's fair, actually. Let's get to the meat of this. And Jerry go. does, too. Otherwise, he wouldn't agree to it I, so quickly. I, I understood. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks trade Michael Bennett mm-hmm. to the Eagles 
for Marcus Johnson and a fifth-round pick. Marcus Johnson, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. At first glance, your thoughts are? I think Bennett can help the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think that uh, this seems like the kind of deal where, it, look, Seattle's breaking up. The band is breaking up, yep. okay? Mm-hmm. Somebody's dating Yoko Ono. They're going to go off on solo careers, some of these guys. The Seahawks, as we knew them in the early part of this decade, early-ish part of this decade, are over. Russell Wilson's going to stay. And when they get good again, if and when, it's still going to look somewhat the same because Pete Carroll's going to be there and Russell Wilson's going to be there. Just like as long as Belichick and Brady are in New England, it looks like kind of the same team, even though it's been vastly different every three or four years. I don't know if you ever watched The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith. Of course. The very last episode when the house is totally cleared out and Will Smith is standing there just looking around or there's nothing there. Somebody tweeted and put Russell Wilson's face oh, over that I, as he looked around and went, oh, wait, good. there's nobody here. And you're right. There has been a lot of talk, and I'm going to get to another piece with that. How does it impact the Texans? Well, the Texans have got to face the Eagles in Philadelphia. Yep. And Michael Bennett. With a defensive line that consists of Derek Barnett, first-round pick at 17, Fletcher Cox, one of the better interior players in the league, Brandon Graham, who had the big play in the Super Bowl, Mm-hmm. And now, apparently, Michael Bennett. Now, the Eagles are over the cap, so they are going to have to make some moves. But $16 million over the cap, they can make some moves. They can do some things and get under the cap. Because they got to get under probably, I would say, what, 7 to $9 million to make sure they get their draft pick yep. signed, I think, somewhere along those lines. So they're going to have to do some work. But Michael Bennett is now an Eagle. All right, next one. At first glance, your thought when you heard this one, Richard Sherman discussing future with Seahawks on Wednesday, and his mother tweeted out or put on Facebook, it's a shame that Richard will no longer be a Seahawk anymore. Uh, I didn't know that his mother was that involved. I didn't either, but she you just know, put we've, that out there. We've known about mothers being involved from time to time. I mean, the league is just filled. League history is filled with mom's involvement. Sometimes moms get endorsement deals like Chunky Soup and yeah. Donovan McNabb. Sometimes moms are a little bit more of a pain, like Robert Griffin III, for instance, and his mom having her own radio show in the nation's she capital, did. stirring you, it up. It just, a, a quick note on that. If you don't think that, if you think Mark's just making that up, our tent in Richmond, when we mm-hmm. went to visit the Seahawks in 2015, we had to wait to get in it because Robert Griffin III's mm-hmm. mother was doing a radio yeah. show that like, day. Hey, guys, uh, RG3, mo- RG3's mom's radio show takes place right here. We're like, wait, could you repeat that? Exactly. Like, who? So, yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's trouble. Could you imagine Bill O'Brien if his quarterback's mom had a radio show in the market? Oh, I mean, goodness. and it wasn't related to Pinterest sort of items. Not a good thing. I'm about to say something. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if Brock Osweiler's mom had been doing a radio show in 2016? All right, on that note, i got to move on because yes, it, would please. Be, it would be disastrous. Okay, I'm going to ask you the question at that point. Impact the Texans. Mm-hmm. Richard Sherman, Texans need corners. Would you think about it? Would you do it? Uh, you got to tell me what the what the caliber is of Richard Sherman at this stage of his career. Right. You know, we all look back to 2013 and – the hor- horrifying play that yeah. took place here at NRG Stadium where he picked off Matt Schaub and took it to the end zone as part of the big meltdown of 2013. It's it's one of those things where Richard Sherman, even though he's in the other conference, you only see him every four years, he feels like such a Texans villain. And he's a villain to so many teams, really, because he's outspoken, you know, a super bright guy, yeah. you know, Stanford alum, and 
Uh, he's just one of those players, though, that kind of gets under other people's skin. Yeah. And it's just hard to imagine him as a Texan. It's kind of like, it's not to this degree, but I used to have debates on Sports Radio 610 of Carl Malone being a Rocket. Would you take it, oh, Rockets man. fans? And it was just so... It was such so unappetizing, really, to think of Malone as a Houston Rocket. Yeah. Although I made the point that if you did sign him and he could still play, you'd be fine with it. Uh, and Richard the same Sherman, I would think with Richard Sherman, absolutely, too. Absolutely. Put him on my football team. I think health, depending on his health, I think he, I want to say he just turned 30. Mm-hmm. He's nearing 30 if he's not there uh, already. I guess, you know, if you haven't gotten to 30, you're nearing 30. But he's coming off the Achilles tear. But, man, you talk about a smart dude, football smart guy, tough guy. Maybe Richard Sherman could be a good fit. I don't know. I've just gotten to ask that question a lot. I think more of it comes down to could he still run? Could he still play? And if you're going to play man, do you feel good about Richard Sherman man-to-man with receivers you're going to so see this year? So physical, such a playmaker, yeah. uh, such an intimidator, really. So, I, I, I look, I do like Richard Sherman if I'm, you know, if he's on my team. But he's just one of those kind. I don't want to. I don't want to say he's one of those guys you love to hate. He's not that kind of villain in the league, but he does have that sort of persona to a lot of teams. I bet if you ask the Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers, yeah, they'd, they'd tell you that they feel like that. Speaking of the Rams, mm-hmm. at first glance, and this is more information: Alec Ogletree, inside linebacker and captain of the Rams, gets traded to the Giants. A little bit of a shocker there, right? I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I know that Ogletree's had some issues in the past. I was shocked. What are they getting? What are the Rams They're getting, getting a couple of draft picks. That could also be a contract thing, too, because they brought in Marcus Peters, and they're trying to sign Aaron, extend Aaron Donald. They're trying to bring back Tremaine Johnson. they got to sign LaMarcus Joyner after giving him the franchise tag. So that, that seems to be a little bit of a contract situation. But Giants have get a linebacker on a defense that should be a lot better than it was last year. That division was thought to be the strongest in football just a couple of years ago, or yeah. among the strongest yeah. in football. And now you look at the NFC West and you say, the Rams are a team that you could see taking a step back. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not going to get into all the reasons right now, but there are a bunch of reasons. Yep. The Cardinals, I mean, we don't. what do we know about the Cardinals? Yeah, they're an 8-8 team right uh, now. The 49ers, all right, Garoppolo's never lost, but he hasn't played much. How's that going to work out? You'd exactly. expect them to be certainly better record-wise overall than they were last year. And the Seahawks, you just said, empty house, fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, there's no question. So we'll see. That It's up for grabs. Rams will be the favorite going in for sure. But, again, I could see a worse record coming out of them in 2018. Yeah, I mean, that could implode with some of the personalities there, especially adding Marcus Peters to the mix. At first glance. If the Broncos don't get Kirk Cousins, they may turn their attention to Case Keenum. At first glance, your thoughts? Well, they have a great evaluator in Gary Kubiak there who knows him as well as anybody. Even though he went 0-8 with him here with the Houston Texans in 2013, he was the guy who saw something in Case Keenum, signing him as an undrafted free agent, keeping him on the practice squad, having him travel to games, be in that quarterback room for all of 2012, which was a good education for Case. And then he said that... Keenum could push Schaub and Yates heading into 2013, and that was before the wheels fell off the Matt Schaub experience. Yeah. So he knows that Case has a ton of, abil- of ability. And how about this? After the Ravens, with Gary Kubiak being the offensive coordinator, lost to the Texans in 2014, second-to-last game of the regular season, Kubiak and Keenum, big hug on the field. I mean, they go back. And I had a feeling that despite the fact that it was a horrendous afternoon for the Ravens and Kubiak's offense here, he was so happy that Case Keenum got his first win as a starter that afternoon. Yeah. 
my quarterback domino theory mm-hmm. is it's I'm not saying it's coming true because things have got to still fall in line. Has anything not come true yet? Well, nothing's happened because the new league year hasn't kicked in. <laughs> yeah, but, but Alex I'm taking Smith, credit wait, because the Vikings are hot on on Kirk Cousins, and now the Broncos might look to Case Keenum, and those are the first two I had. All right, those are the first two. Those so the you, first didn't two. Have, you didn't have Alex Smith going to Washington. No, that was the domino that kicked it all off. Yeah, that was that was it because with him going to Washington, that put Kirk that put Kirk Cousins in play, and with Cousins in play. Now, all bets are off. Was Kansas City at all part of your quarterback domino theory? Well, just because Patrick Mahomes now steps up and he's in. Yeah, right. But you didn't have Alex Smith going anywhere. No, 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 no. I did. Just had him going somewhere or Mahomes coming in. No, he was just the first. One way or another. That move was just the first domino. And you definitely had Cousins leaving Washington. Well, once Alex Smith was announced to have been traded to Washington. that was it. So that was the start of it. So then what happens after it? It's pretty crazy to see it all. Now, I. Look, the, Vi- the Vikings are talking some mad money to give to Kirk Cousins. Three years, $91 million. But the reports team, last but... night were that maybe Cousins doesn't have that many suitors or maybe as not. many suitors as he wants at the money he's looking for. Maybe not. I'll tell you, here's a suitor. Last one, at first glance. Peyton Manning could get up to $10 million per year from Fox or ESPN. Is he worth it? At first glance. I don't know. Uh, at first glance, I want to say yes in today's money. In today's money. I think Tony Romo actually attracted eyeballs to CBS. If it's at all possible, you wanted to tune in to hear what Romo was saying, especially early on. I think some of that blooms off the rose already. But I think Manning, people will be curious from the get-go. And that might be worth a lot of money. And I think he'll be very good at it. Mark, appreciate it. Thank you very Thank much. You, Johnny. Coming up next, we'll play three agency. Yes, Drew Doherty and I. We'll pick the three free agents we'd like to see the Texans bring into the building next week when the new league year starts on Wednesday, right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to Texans All Access on this wonderful Wednesday evening. When I say wonderful, I mean it has been wonderful Gorgeous. all day long. That voice you hear is Drew Doherty. I am John Harris, your host. Drew, this might have been the prettiest day we've had in a while, and we definitely needed it. Yeah, it's Gorgeous, G O R G E O U S, man. I, and it's been gorgeous start to finish. Good, good spelling, by the way. Yeah, it started out kind of rocky yesterday, and then yeah. got, got great mid morning. But uh, I'm I'm amped. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, Drew. We are one week away. Mm-hmm. One week away. One week from tonight. T minus will be in the middle of it. We will be right in the middle of free agency with a team that has about sixty four million dollars of cap room. <laughs> which I, I think everybody, when they say million, has to say it that way. And, yes, there's been uh, some talk out there. The Texans are only looking at players that stand. And, uh, it's just a utter nonsense because why would you tell anybody your free agent strategy? First, let's just look at common sense. Why would you tell anybody that? It's just ridiculous. No, so I, don't wanna, I don't even want to entertain that. I haven't even wanted to talk about it, so I'm not going to. What do you want to entertain? What I do want to entertain is – you get three free agents. Okay, so it's three agency. You get through free agency, you get three guys that you are most interested in bringing. And I'm going to give you all three guys that you can take right now to add to this squad. You have to talk about contract. If you want to, you can. Right. But three guys. Because I don't think money is going to be an issue. If you got to overpay a little bit for a guy, you might have to. But three free agents. Now, caveat. Not players the Texans already. Or so external help. Yep. For example, we both want Shane Leckler to come back. Yes. I would put Shane Leckler. I don't know if I put him top three 
but he'd probably be pretty close. So we're not talking about players that Texas already have. Right. We know we want them to take Stanwood, Devion Clowney. We wanted to bring Shane Leckler back. You know, if you've got a if you got a really good deal on Jonathan Joseph and he's healthy, bring him back. This is about external players. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. That maybe have never even played for the Texans, played against the Texans, whatever. You want them all three now, or you want them one at a time? You can give them to me one at a time. Maybe okay. you could discuss why, and then I will tell you the three that I would like to bring here. I would really like to see Nate Solder, left tackle, become a Houston Texan, yeah. just to give this team some st- stability at that position. You're not going to replace the level of play we saw from Dwayne Brown yep. from like 09 through 15, 16, area, uh, that area. But you're going to upgrade from whatever else you have here on the roster. Yep. And I'd like to see Nate Solder here. That's my first choice. I hope it happens. Here's something I think I've, I've heard people say this. He's not Anthony Munoz. I understand that. No, he's, yeah, he's, he's an upgrade over what's here. But the Texans had how many players play left tackle last year? Five. Started with Kevin Five Lamb, different starters. Chris Clark, Dwayne Brown, uh, Julian Davenport, and I'm sh- – oh, Jeff Allen. Five different guys ended up playing left tackle. So if you end up with Nate Solder, it's a pretty good one. Now, the one thing I would imagine Nate Solder's representation knows – that there aren't too many other players on this list. Mm-hmm. So, from that standpoint, I would imagine Nate Solder's going to get paid, whether it's the Texans, and they're going to probably be, I would imagine, a few different suitors in that mix, but I think the Texans got to be at the front of the list. Drew, no agree with you. Number two. Go. You want my number two? Yes, go. Hey, let's uh, let's stick with the Patriots. Let's also address an area of need, I think. An area you can upgrade, I think. Okay. How about Malcolm Butler? Because this is a guy who I think has a hell of a lot to prove after what happened with the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. A guy who was pretty pretty darn good the last few years. And a guy who, you know what else really, really gets me going and really excited about this possibility? That DeAndre Hopkins, while he's not a <laughs> talent evaluator, he <laughs> knows who's say. covered him and he yeah. knows who's good. And I don't think if Malcolm Butler was a buster, DeAndre Hopkins would be out there on social media putting – Butler in a Texans uniform because when I covered DeAndre Hopkins at the Pro Bowl a few years back in Hawaii, yeah, we mic'd him up for one of those practices. Yeah, that was really cool. He spent the entire practice lined up against from against Richard Sherman, and he spent that entire time lined up against Richard Sherman, picking Sherman's brain about coverages, about technique, about other like they weren't talking about random stuff like you, you normally hear when you go to the Pro Bowl and you mic a guy up. <laughs> yeah. They, he was he was trying to get better as a football player and trying to get inside the brain of one of the best in the business. And it's interesting, the Sherman's uh, the stuff going on with him. But anyways, I like what Butler is going to try to prove to people in, next year and the years to come. And I think it'd be cool if he were here in Houston. All right. So you've picked up two Patriots. Yes. Nate Solder and Malcolm Butler. You have a third. Go. And those first two... They've been in systems that are very similar yes. to what you see here in yes. Houston, both on both sides of the ball. And then my third, how about some tight end help? Because you don't know exactly what's what's the, the makeup going to look like, yeah. what the makeup's going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. And how about Trey Burton with a big, shiny Super Bowl ring on his finger, a guy who can do a few different things. And what do we hear in this 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 on this team? Yeah. What have we heard since day one of the Bill O'Brien area? The more he can do. Era. More he can do, flexibility, versatility. Trey Burton can do a lot of things. He's a young guy. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna make a few dollars, you know, in free agency 
He's somebody I really, really like, and I would love to see him in a Houston, Houston Texans uniform for Deshaun Watson and company. Very interesting, my friend. All right. So, my turn. Now, you have one offensive lineman, you have one corner, mm-hmm. and you have a tight end. Yes. And I would imagine – now, what if I told you – and we're just playing the what-if game. What if I told you C.J. Fedoritz were coming back? Would you Would you look differently at your third pick? I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know that I would because Trey Burton gives you a lot of different – and I don't know that you're going to have to break the bank for him, but he gives you a lot of different – avenues that you can where you can go down with him well what I would say to that is no I would still go with Burton because mm-hmm. and I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to having four tight ends on the roster next year yeah just I, so I, having yeah. the three that are on the roster now or well the three that, that played mm-hmm. significant moments now last year now and then adding Burton because what did we see in week two we saw zero tight ends because of concussion yeah. problems. now I don't think that's going to happen a right. lot right but guys get injured and especially yeah, right. guys that play a very physical position like that, who got to go over the middle, mm-hmm. and many times are playing some special teams as well. I, anyways, I would be just fine with having not a glut, because I think a glut would be too many, but an, an abundance of tight ends. And I, to your point, Trey Burton might be labeled a tight end, but he can do a number of different yeah, things for you. Yeah, you can line him up as a fullback. Right, exactly. So there's a number of different things you can do. Now, with just – Thinking outside the box just a little bit. If that's the strategy, let's say you you do sign Solder, you sign Butler. Let's say you sign those three guys. Mm-hmm. What's your draft strategy in the third round? What's your draft strategy? Still best player available. Load up on the offensive line. Load up on in the secondary. Whoever's the best guy there. And it will be hell. If, if, you, if you see a running back that's fallen or that's just so valued higher than where you think you would have normally got him and you want to take him, okay, go for a running back. If you see a pass rusher, even better. Mm-hmm. You see a pass rusher, an edge rusher, a defensive end, an outside line, go with it. But I think, yeah. I still think just attack those areas of need because there are so many areas of need on this team other than quarterback, other than top flight wide receiver, and other than... Defensive line, front seven. Yeah, but, but you know what? There, I'd be fine. There. I'd be fine adding... I'd be fine adding playmaking ability there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. You obviously, you obviously have to prioritize your needs because you're not going to say, "Oh, we're going to get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy," and they're all going to fit right in. Yeah. And some of it has to do with injuries, as I mentioned, CJ Fedor, which you don't know what he's going to come back, right? Whether whether he's going to come back, and then if he's going to come back, what kind of state he's going to be in, and the same with Deontay Foreman, you don't know. So bringing up running back and tight end, I I I agree with you with those those three. Uh, even Trey Burton. I, I love Trey Burton. Mm-hmm. Trey Burton at University of Florida. I loved watching him play. He really, unfortunately, was at, there at a time in Florida where they didn't have – Kind of a dip, you know. He's kind of in between Urban Meyer and at a time where Burton was maybe not used the way that he ended up being used as a Philadelphia Eagle. So, just not so much to play devil's advocate, but just I'm going to continue along those lines, but I'm going to use – I'm going to get three different players. How about that? I like it. Okay. So, I'm going to start with a guy – that I don't know whether he can play tackle, and that's my, that's my only concern. That's my only concern because he played guard, and he has played a little bit of tackle. But I like the fact that he can play either, and I'd like to see him eventually move out to tackle. Now, he, he had an injury last year, and it does worry me a little bit. 
But when he was healthy, Justin Pugh, the Giants, was an outstanding offensive lineman. And I think the more outstanding offensive lineman you can get, hey, look, if you've got – Just sort it out because you yeah, really had – just get him here the only, and the figure only it out. The only bell cow you had last year was, was Nick Barton. Yeah. And so I, I think Justin Pugh. Now, again, I think like Solder, I think Pugh could get paid. I don't know if he'll get paid as much, but he might get paid for longer. I think a deal for Solder might be three years, a little shorter because he is 31. For Justin Pugh, a little bit younger, maybe give him a five-year deal. And, I, you know, maybe there's an option, at the team option at the end of it. I, I don't know. But there's some things you can do. But I think Justin Pugh adding to this roster, more good offensive lineman you have, the better. And I don't know that I've got to completely break the bank for Pugh. I might have to for Solder. So I'm going to go with Justin Pugh okay. as my first one. Now, these are in no certain order. And that's, you know what, you bring it up. We bring up breaking the bank, and I'm glad you do because the Texans were hot and heavy in 2011 after Namdi Asamoah. Yeah, yeah. Would have had to quote unquote break the bank, break the bank to get him. Yep. They lost. The Eagles won, but Texans wound up getting Jonathan Joseph and Danielle Manning, and Jonathan Joseph is, in my estimation, maybe the second greatest Texans defender ever. Maybe. I think he's the best free agent signing the team's ever had, and you really won that one. So if you don't necessarily break the bank this year, doesn't mean you're not winning long term. You might have you might have pulled off something special. So I'm cool with that. All right, my second one, and now now I'm going to I'm going to give a couple names here where you might go, wait, what? You had three free agents to pick. Now I'm I'm using a little bit of fiscal responsibility. Okay. With my next ones because I feel like I feel like if I sign these next two guys, I'm satisfying needs, but I'm also not paying a ton of money for them, so I might be able to get another a fourth free agent. But I'm gonna go get Rashawn Melvin from the Colts. Long, lean, not even lean, long, wiry corner. Thought he had a pretty solid year as the Colts corner, and he was. In the game here, I think he got hurt sometime this year, but the game here, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Couldn't throw on him. And he's got the body type I think can grow into a pretty solid corner, and I don't think I have to pay a lot for Rashawn Melvin. Well, and think about that. You couldn't throw on him, and were you facing a front seven in the Indianapolis right. Colts that uh, <laughs> exactly. was up there with the 85 Bears? Exactly. So, that, I mean, I think that even speaks more highly about who he is, what he can yep. be, and what he might command. And here is my my last one, and I, and I bring this up because I just I just don't know that Deontay Foreman's going to be fully healthy. Mm, okay, at least at the beginning. Okay, and I feel like the Texans have had situations over the in the past where short yardage situations have been really difficult. So I'm going to go and get a guy that Bill O'Brien has coached before that knows this offense a little bit. Okay, he's got rings in the last two years, and that's Legarrette Blunt. I like it. Now, Legarrett has had some stuff off the field, but I think he's left Not lately. That. Not lately, no, and not since he got into the NFL either. Yeah. He had that one incident with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, with he and Le'Veon Bell, but he's gotten past that, and that was five, six years ago. Yeah. And he's gotten past that. But to me, Legarrett Blunt comes in, and he's the hammer after you've been hitting him with Fuller outside and Hopkins outside and Watson's dealing to his tight ends. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, here comes the hammer. Mm-hmm. Here comes Blunt trauma on you with LeGarrette Blunt. And 
I don't think with running backs you've got to pay running backs a, a bunch of money. But he's going to know, for the most part, he's going to know the terminology. Bill O'Brien knows him. He knows Bill O'Brien. I think that's a, a big factor in this. He's, so, and he's somebody I enjoyed talking to at the Senior Bowl when yeah, he came yeah, out yeah. in 2007. He was, he was very refreshing when I talked to this guy, so yeah. I'd be cool with that. Man. Yeah. Now, and two years ago, what, he scored 21 touchdowns on the ground? Yeah, he was, he was phenomenal in 2016. He was, yeah. he was just incredible. Now, there's some other running backs on the list that I think are, are, worth, are worth looking his at. Old, his old teammate, Deion Lewis. Yeah, Deion Lewis. But the reason I went with Blunt is because I think he satisfies a specific need. Because mm-hmm. Lamar and, Miller could kind of be like Yeah, Lamar, Lamar can do, do some of the things that LeGarrette does, but LeGarrette can take away some of the pounding Lamar has to take. Well, that's what I was saying is Lamar Miller's more similar to Deion Lewis, right. I think, than, right, right. than he is to LeGarrette Blunt. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Different in that, guys, in all that three. scenario of the three guys I took, I feel like I still have some money that I could spend because I think what I'm trying to do with mine is satisfy – a number of different needs mm-hmm. and kind of spread them out a little bit. And I know that I'm going to have to probably pay for Pew, but probably not as much for Melvin, probably not as much for the Garrett Blunt. So I maybe can satisfy a different need with those three, but I still go into the draft and I'm looking for another corner, another tackle, and those are probably two of my first three picks. Load them up. And then the third pick in the third round I think ends up being sort of a wild card. And it could be, like you said, could be a running back that falls. I think one other thing to look at is some speed off the edge. I think speed off the edge getting to the quarterback can be a big factor. If you add just that wrinkle, and maybe it's specialized, maybe it's only third down and then plays on fourth down, and that's all that, that guy does. A guy like Shaquem Griffin. I was going to say, that sounds like Shaquem Griffin. That's exactly who I would like yeah. to see. That that would be a wild card I'd be okay with, but okay. not before taking a lineman and a corner or a secondary member with those first two third-round picks. All right, so we, we called this three agency at the start, but you went cheap, you said. I, so you I went, went with it With the idea yes. to go at a fourth, who would be your fourth? If I went for agent. a fourth, yeah. this is where I might spend a little bit more money, but I'd go for Andrew Norwell from the Carolina Panthers. I might spend a little bit more money, but I'm bringing in a guy that has played in a system that's not quite like the Texans will run, but he was asked to do a few different things. Now, I know I'm probably going to have to pay for Norwell a little bit coming off a of Pro Bowl yeah. year, but I'm okay with that. And if I can't get Norwell, then I'm going to take the Nate Solder philosophy, and I'm going to go sign Josh Sitton yep. as long as he's healthy. Okay. And I'm going to bring in Sitton here, and maybe he gets uh, one or two years. Okay. And he steps in right next to Nick Martin, and away we go. I love it. I'm, if, you, if you're going to pull off Pew, Melvin, Blunt, and Norwell, I love that. That's a, that's a good haul right there. That that changes. That's four guys that you that are probably going to start right away. Three guys for sure going to start blunt, depending how you look at it. Mm-hmm. You're changing. You're changing the complexion of of what you can do going forward because you're just adding layers on different things. But most importantly, you got to satisfy the offensive line, offensive yeah. line, secondary. Those are the two. And we talked about those for a while. Drew, nice job, brother. Thank you. There it is, Drew Doherty in our three agency draft. Coming up next, we got a little Bill O'Brien for you. From the Combine, yeah, the non-football stuff with Bill O'Brien. You like to hear this, including Rocky 1 or Rocky 2. Yeah, he handles that question next right here on Texans All Access. This is that time of the year as we get near the draft or 50 days away and talk of trades at the top of the draft become, well, they become the talk of the draft, to be honest with you, especially a year when there are five potential first-round quarterbacks, and six if you want to throw Mason Rudolph in there 
as well. I bring that up because I saw this tweet from Gil Brandt, which I found very interesting. In 2012, St. Louis Rams were sitting at number two right behind the Indianapolis Colts, and the Colts were going to take Andrew Luck. That seemed a fait accompli. Robert Griffin III got really hot in the draft process, and the Redskins decided they were going to trade up and go get RG3. But they had to give up a boatload of picks to the Rams. And the Rams said, all right, we'll do the deal. They had, at the time, if I remember correctly, they had Sam Bradford. He'd been banged up. They didn't know whether they could rely on Bradford, but they said, let's do it. Let's go with this trade. We'll rely on Bradford. But all these different picks we get are going to end up paying off in a big way. Here are the players that the Rams drafted over the next couple of years with those picks acquired in the RG3 trade. Only one, two, four, six, eight players. Eight players were drafted by the Rams with that RG3 trade. Michael Brockers taken in the first round. He's still with the Rams. Janoris Jenkins was taken in the second round. He's now a Pro Bowl corner for the Giants. Isaiah Peed, running back, out of the NFL. Rokevius Watkins, offensive lineman, out of the NFL. Alec Ogletree, end of the first round, traded to the Giants today. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Stedman Bailey, wide receiver, out of the NFL. Zach Stacy, running back, traded to the New York Jets. I think he might be out of the NFL by now. And then the number two pick in the 2014 draft in between Jadeveon Clowney and Blake Bortles was Greg Robinson. He's now with the Lions. Now, you ended up with a couple of players – but how much they actually did for the Rams with that deal, it's interesting. It's one thing to make the trade. It's another thing to go find players. You got eight picks. You had to hit on four of them. The Rams sent on four picks. Maybe they never go to L.A. Didn't happen that way. They ended up having to trade up and go get Jared Goff. And now things are looking up for L.A. going forward. But eight players. I don't say they missed on all of them. But, man, they've got nothing to show for that draft. Now, look, it's six years later. But they've got nothing to show other than Michael Brockers, a part-time player next to one of the best defensive players in the league, Aaron Donald. All right, I mentioned coming out of the break that we would have Bill O'Brien with us, and we did at the Combine. We got to a point with Bill that, oh, look, we talked a lot of serious football stuff. Let's get to the not-so-serious football stuff. I was ready to talk about some football movies and some sports movies, so I did, and we did with Bill O'Brien at the Combine. Crazy thing to think about the division in 2015 from GM head coach combination, you're the elder statesman in the entire division. I mean, I look it. No, I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far. No oh, hair. Close. Overweight. But, but you're the only you're the only head coach or general manager still here, still in his spot, that uh, of any GM or head coach in a division. And I guess that shows how much things have changed yeah. and what the division. I mean, two two yeah. AFC South teams go. Yeah. When a couple of years ago we're talking about oh, the AFC South not that great, but now you're looking at it going, this could be the best division in football. Yeah, it's a good division. Good, really good coaches, uh, good players. You know, good quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Jacksonville was uh, very very close to, to uh, going to the Super Bowl. You know, so uh, you're right. It's changed a lot. I think about that a lot. You know, the, the coaches have changed, GMs have changed, and. Um, you know, we, we have to change, you know, meaning like we have to make sure that we're doing a very good job of some of the things that I just spoke to Vandy about, you know, re- making sure that our 
we're, we're taking care of our own stuff. Where are we headed with offense? Where are we headed with defense? Where are we headed with special teams, with the roster? And then we have to really study this division because it's not the same division it was in 14. With all due respect to that division yeah. and the 2015 division, this is, a, this is a, a different division, and we have to make sure we understand that. When you finally get the players back, it's April. You hit the ground running with conditioning, and Luke Richardson comes into yeah. play immediately. So what has it been like with him so far, and what can we look forward to? Yeah, you guys are going to really uh, enjoy getting to know him. You know, he's, uh, he's a very, very bright guy. He's, uh, he's much more than, than a strength coach. He, um, he brings a wealth of knowledge in all different areas, whether it's flexibility, pliability, which is the new word nowadays, uh, you know, obviously weightlifting, conditioning, but also nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, sleep patterns, uh, hydration. I mean, this guy in his interview is one of the most impressive interviews that uh, that I've sat in on just overall I mean he was uh it was a pretty interesting process this off season with the McNairs you know we, we all kind of sat in there together Jamie Roots was involved in some of it you know but when we interviewed Luke it was Cal and and Brian and, and Bob and myself and he just did a great job and his overall knowledge of everything that we need in our program I think our our players are really going to uh uh, really enjoy this guy and, and, and working under this guy because I think he's got a lot of things that can help these guys play better, uh, take care of their bodies better, and prolong their careers. I think he's going to be a big influence on this team. He talked about sleep, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I knew, I knew know, that was going to get yeah, you. you know, this I knew all, that was going to get always you. comes up with Relative me. to me. Yes, yeah. relative to you, the coaching staff. He's getting, concerned. Getting enough how much rest. sleep do you, this how is much like sleep do you think concern. radio guys need per, per night? Uh, when I was doing the morning show, I was getting about five, five, six. Well, was but it wasn't good. Need more. We gotta shut the lights off. <laughs> no, no light in the room. It's gotta be complete yeah, darkness. Complete that's darkness. how I did my overnight show. So, I would do it that way. All right, enough I think serious we're football lost causes, stuff. Though. Yeah, that's true. Enough serious football stuff. I saw this debate on Twitter a little while ago. What are your top three sports movies of all time? Oh gosh. Go. Well, I just watched Miracle, so I gotta put Miracle. Okay. Out there. You oh, should yeah. like it the, for the first time no, you've seen it. No, okay. but I just had seen it again. Okay. Um, all right. That tugs at your heartstrings. There's a lot of there's a lot of Boston yeah. in there. So Does he go too that. far when he's having them do the suicides no. and again? No. I mean, you're asking me. Again. That. <laughs> okay. I mean, Herb Brooks. That guy's one of my idols. <laughs> I remember your first training camp practice. They were <laughs> running after yes. practice, and I, I had a Herb Maybe we Brooks bring vibe. That back out for this training <laughs> yeah. camp. Yeah, exactly. Greenbrier, uh, Hoosiers. Okay, yeah. love Hoosiers. Yeah. Hackman. Yeah. Unbelievable movie. Right. Unbelievable movie. That's why you're relating to and the then, coaching. I get it. And uh, then it's always, you asked for three, but I'm going to give you, it's always a debate between Michael, my son, and I. Uh, not with my wife, because she, she can't stand this debate. But is it Rocky 1 or Rocky 2? And mm. I, I have a hard time choosing, but it's one of those first two Rockies. Three and four and five Rocky, they can... They can go two somewhere formula, else. Two yeah. formulaic, really? Rocky 1 or Rocky 2? Rocky wants the Russian in four, though. Rocky one's kind of slow, though. Rocky two moves a little faster. The music, the Rocky, the the underdog. Oh, it's training it's montage. So good. Apollo That's Creed. So one or two. I'm a one guy. I think Michael's a two guy. All right, all right, one more on the movies. Rudy or Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Yeah. Right. I, I love Rudy. I actually met Rudy. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> I did. Tell you what, I was out to dinner. We were out to dinner, Colleen and I, at El Tiempo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. It's That's, okay. Is that a sponsor? And 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 the wait, waiter came over and said, hey, this gentleman over here wants to meet, meet you. And he must have recognized my bald head and the hole <laughs> in my chin. And he said, and that was Rudy. It was Rudy at LTM Bowl in Houston during the Super Bowl. Yeah, he, yeah, was, he, was, yeah, visiting. he, was, he was doing Super Bowl Row or Radio Row. I met Rudy. That's amazing. But he, it's still, it's Remember the Titans, though. Sorry. It, 
Good stuff. Sorry, Rudy. See, it's relating to the coaches. Yeah. You relate to all of them. Yep. All right, one more. What's the winter youth sports update with Michael? Um, I mean, winter. Is there winter? Although the weather has been kind of rough. Yeah. Um, but it was basketball was – I would say that basketball team was struggling at mm. best. and then uh, Back in Little League now, right? Now it's yeah. baseball. So yeah. now it's St. Vincent's baseball and then the Diamondbacks in West U Little League. So he's so doing two teams. Two teams. So. That's the way to do it. Dual he's baseball to, teams? His mom's trying to get him to do his homework, and he's out there taking cuts in the backyard trying to figure out how to level <laughs> That's swing. tough. That's tough. He loves it, though. So. We, we know his dad. We know what his dad would do. Yeah. So. He'd be doing his homework. Yeah. Right. <laughs> of course. Exactly. Coach, thanks a lot. Good luck. Thanks, guys. That was fun. I'm glad that Coach O'Brien brought a miracle because that might be number one on my list. Then again, Varsity Blues, about high school, Texas high school football, and a player that ends up going to Brown University. That's sort of my story. I love Varsity Blues. That's up there. There are a lot of good, great sports movies. If I just stay in the football realm, Varsity Blues is up there. Waterboy. Of course, everybody's going to bring up Brian's song and some of the emotional uh, heart-tugging moments of that. Oh, gosh, I can't even watch that without crying. Oh, I just boo-hoo in that particular movie. But that said, a lot of good sports movies. But Miracle's right up there. I was eight years old, Team USA, winning the gold. I wanted to play hockey right after that. Hockey. I was all about hockey at that point. It's probably surprises some people, but hockey's a great sport. If you're not going to hit people in football, man. Go hit them in hockey. No question. So glad that he was able to humor us, and yeah, I think I'm more a Rocky One guy, just the original. Everything was fresh and new, if you will, back in 1976, so I'd go with that one. Rocky is a little far-fetched, a little bit. They both go to the mat, they both go to the ground, and then which one gets, no, see, that's not the way it goes. That's not the way it's assessed if both guys go to the mat, but I'm not getting into that, too much controversy, but I'm more a Rocky One guy as well, so uh, we won't have that debate too much longer, but Rocky Four. Doesn't get enough love, Coach. Rocky Four is the Cold War. Rocky won the Cold War by beating the Russian. Something to think about. Speaking of lists, if you're into that sort of thing, in the lab this week with Drew Doherty and myself, we rank the top five cereals. I guarantee you my Twitter's going to blow up in just a second. At J. Harris Football, everybody has feelings on cereals, In-N-Out versus Whataburger. My man Tyler Sutterth is looking at me right now like, dude, you're crazy. Yet I would take Whataburger in and out any day. Just saying. Although I love in and out, so I, I'm not going to hate. Not at this point, anyways, because he's standing here. He's bigger than me. He can beat me up. So there you go. But if you want the top five cereals, and we drafted days of the week. So in the lab went way off the page this week. So go check it out at our podcast page at HoustonTexans.com. Big thanks to Mark. Big thanks to Drew. We well, thank you, you guys for listening. Appreciate you. And we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.